new section, The Essential Knowledge, The Light of Knowledge of the Glory of God. Chapter 35, A True Knowledge of God. Like our Saviour, we are in this world to do service for God. We are here to become like God in character and by a life of service to reveal Him to the world. In order to be co-workers with God, in order to become like Him and to reveal His character, we must know Him aright. We must know Him as He reveals Himself. A knowledge of God is the foundation of all true education and of all true service. It is the only real safeguard against temptation. It is this alone that can make us like God in character. This is the knowledge needed by all who are working for the uplifting of their fellow men. Transformation of character, purity of life, efficiency in service, adherence to correct principles, all depend upon a right knowledge of God. This knowledge is the essential preparation both for this life and for the life to come. The knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9.10 Through a knowledge of him are given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Jupiter 1.3 This is life eternal, said Jesus, that they might know me, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. John 17.3 In Jeremiah 9.23 and 24 it says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving-kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. We need to study the revelations of himself that God has given. In Job, it says, Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come to you. Receive, I pray you, the law from his mouth, and lay up his words in your heart, and the Almighty will be your treasure. Then shall you delight yourself in the Almighty, and shall lift up your face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer to him, and he shall hear you. And you shall pay thy vows, and thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established to you. And light shall shine upon your ways, and when they cast you down, they shall say, There is lifting up, and the humble person he will save. Job 22, 21-29 The invisible things of him since the creation of the world are clearly seen, being perceived through the things that are made, even his everlasting power and divinity. Romans 1, 20 the things of nature that we now behold give us but a faint conception of Eden's glory. Sin has marred earth's beauty. On all things may be seen traces of the work of evil. 
Yet much that is beautiful remains. Nature testifies that one infinite in power, great in goodness, mercy and love, created the earth and filled it with life and gladness. Even in their blighted state, all things reveal the handiwork of the great master artist. Whenever we turn, we may hear the voice of God and see evidences of his goodness. From the solemn roll of the deep-toned thunder and old ocean's ceaseless roar, to the glad songs that make the forests vocal, with melody nature's ten thousand voices speak his praise. In earth and sea and sky, with their marvellous tint and colour, varying in gorgeous contrast or blended in harmony, we behold his glory. The everlasting hills tell us of his power, the trees that wave their green banners in the sunlight, and the flowers in their delicate beauty point to their creator. The living green that carpets the brown earth tells of God's care for the humblest of his creatures. The caves of the sea and the depths of the earth reveal his treasures. He who placed the pearls in the ocean and the amethyst and the chrysolite among the rocks is a lover of the beautiful. The sun rising in the heavens is a representative of him who is the life and light of all that he has made. All the brightness and the beauty that adorn the earth and light up the heavens speak of God. His glory covered the heavens. The earth is full of thy riches. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language. Without their voice is heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Habakkuk 3.3 3, Psalms 104.24 and 19 verses 2-4 All things tell of his tender fatherly care and of his desire to make his children happy. The mighty power that works through all nature and sustains all things is not as some men of science represent merely an all-pervading principle, an actuating energy. God is a spirit, yet he is a personal being, for so he has revealed himself. In Jeremiah 10, 10 and 11, 16 and 12, it says, The Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King. The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things. He has made the earth by his power, he has established the world by his wisdom, and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. Subheading, nature is not God. God's handiwork in nature is not God himself in nature. The things of nature are an expression of God's character and power. But we are not to regard nature as God. 
the artistic skill of human beings produces beautiful workmanship, things that delight the eye, and these things reveal to us something of the thought of the designer. But the thing made is not the maker. It is not the work, but the workman that is counted worthy of honour. So while nature is an expression of God's thought, it is not nature, but the God of nature that is to be exalted. In Psalms 95 verse 6 and verses 4 and 5, it says, Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Seek him that maketh the Pleiades and Orion and turns the shadow of death into the morning and makes the day dark with night. He that forms the mountains and creates the wind and declares unto man what is his thought. He that builds his fears in the heaven and has founded his arch in the earth. He that calleth forth the waters of the sea and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. Jehovah is his name. Amos 5 verse 8 and Amos 9 verse 6. Subheading The Creation of the Earth The work of creation cannot be explained by science. What science can explain the mystery of life? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hebrews 11.3 In Isaiah 45.7-12 and Isaiah 48.13 it says, I form the light and create darkness. I the Lord do all these things. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their host have I commanded. When I call unto them, they all stand together. In the creation of the earth, God was not indebted to the pre-existing matter. He spake, and it was. He commanded, and it stood fast. Psalm 33 verse 9 All things material or spiritual stood up before the Lord Jehovah at his voice and were created for his own purpose. The heavens and the host of them, the earth, and all things therein came into existence by the breath of his mouth. In the creation of man was manifest the agency of a personal God. When God had made man in his image, the human form was perfect in all its arrangements, but it was without life. Then a personal, self-existing God breathed into that form the breath of life, and man became a living, intelligent being. All parts of the human organism were set in action. The heart, the arteries, the veins, the tongue, the hands, the feet, the senses, the faculties of the mind, all began their work and all were placed under law. 
man became a living soul. Through Christ the Word, a personal God created man and endowed him with intelligence and power. Our substance was not hid from him when we were made in secret. His eyes saw our substance, yet being imperfect and in his book, all our members were written when, as yet, there were none of them. Above all lower orders of being, God designed that man, the crowning work of his creation, should express his thought and reveal his glory. But man is not to exalt himself as God. In Psalms 100 verses 1 to 4 it says, and then Psalms 99 verse 9, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and his we are. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. Exalt the Lord our God, and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. God is constantly employed in upholding and using as his servants the things that he has made. He works through the laws of nature, using them as his instruments. They are not self-acting. Nature in her work testifies of the intelligent presence and active agency of a being who moves in all things according to his will. In Psalms 119, uh, verses 89 to 91, and again Psalms 135, verse 6, and Psalms 148, 5 and 6, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all deep places. He commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them for ever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. It is not by inherent power that year by year the earth yields its bounties and continues its march around the sun. The hand of the Infinite One is perpetually at work, guiding this planet. It is God's power continually exercised that keeps the earth in position in its rotation. It is God who causes the sun to rise in the heavens. He opens the windows of heaven and gives rain. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. And he causes the vapour to ascend from the urns of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain, and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. Psalms 147 verse 16, 
and Jeremiah 10.13. It is by his presence that vegetation is caused to flourish, that every leaf appears, every flower blooms, every fruit develops. The mechanism of the human body cannot be fully understood. It presents mysteries that baffle the most intelligent. It is not as the result of a mechanism which once set in motion continues its work that the pulse beats and breath follows breath. In God we live and move and have our being. The beating heart, the throbbing pulse, every nerve and muscle in the living organism is kept in order and activity by the power of an ever-present God. The Bible shows us God in his high and holy place, not in a state of inactivity, not in silence and solitude, but surrounded by 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of holy beings, all waiting to do his will. Through these messengers, he is an active communication with every part of his dominion. By his spirit, he is everywhere present. Through the agency of his spirit and his angels, he ministers to the children of men. Above the distractions of the earth, he sits enthroned. All things are open to his divine survey. And from his great and calm eternity, he orders that which his providence sees best. The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that have hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. How precious is thy loving kindness, O God! The children of men take refuge under the shadow of your wings. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. The earth O Jehovah, is full of thy loving kindness. You lovest righteousness and justice. You are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea, who by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded about with might, who stilleth the roaring of the seas and the tumult of the peoples. You make the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drop fatness. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that are bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon you and you give them their meat in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. This comes from Jeremiah 10.23, Proverbs 
33 verse 5 and 6, Psalms 33 verses 18 and 19, and Psalms 36 verse 7. Again, Psalms 65 verses 5 and 7, and then 8 verses 8 to 11. Then Psalms 145 verses 14 to 16. Subheading Personality of God Revealed in Christ As a personal being, God has revealed himself in his Son. The outshining of the Father's glory and the express image of his person, Jesus as our personal Saviour came to the world. As a personal Saviour, he ascended on high. As a personal Saviour, he intercedes in the heavenly courts before the throne of God in our behalf. Ministers, one like unto the Son of Man. Hebrews 1 verse 3 and Revelation 1 verse 13. Christ, the light of the world, veiled the dazzling splendor of his divinity and came to live as a man among men, that they might, without being consumed, become acquainted with their Creator, since sin brought separation between man and his Maker, no man has seen God at any time except as he is manifested through Christ. I and my Father are one, Christ declared. No man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he too whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Found in John 10 verse 30 and Matthew 11 verse 27. Christ came to teach human beings what God desires them to know. In the heavens above, in the earth, in the broad waters of the ocean, we see the handiwork of God. All created things testify of his power, his wisdom, his love. Yet not from the stars or the ocean or the cataract can we learn of the personality of God as it was revealed in Christ. God saw that a clearer revelation than nature was needed to portray both his personality and his character. He sent his Son into the world to manifest so far as could be endured by human sight, the nature and the attributes of the invisible God. Subheading, revealed to the disciples. Let us study the words that Christ spoke in the upper chamber on the night before his crucifixion. He was nearing his hour of trial and he sought to comfort his disciples who were to be severely tempted and tried. Let not your heart be troubled, he said. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we know not whither thou goest and how we can know the way. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, 
you should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Lord, show us the father, Philip said, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest you, Show us the Father? Believest you not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. John 14, 1-10 The disciples did not yet understand Christ's words concerning his relation to God. Much of his teachings were still dark to them. Christ desired them to have a clearer, more distinct knowledge of God. These things have I spoken unto you in parables, he said, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in parables, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. John chapter 16, verse 25. When on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples, they understood more fully the truths that Christ had spoken in parables. Much of the teaching that had been a mystery to them was made clear, but not even then did the disciples receive the complete fulfillment of Christ's promise. They received all the knowledge of God that they could bear, but the complete fulfillment of the promise that Christ should show them plainly of the Father was yet to come. Thus it is today. Our knowledge of God is partial and imperfect. When the conflict is ended and the man Christ, Jesus acknowledges before the Father his faithful workers, who in a world of sin hath borne true witness for him, they will understand clearly what now are mysteries. Christ took with him to the heavenly courts his glorified humanity. To those who receive him he gives power to become the sons of God, that at last God may receive them as his to dwell with him throughout eternity. If during this life they are loyal to God, they will at last see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Revelation 22 verse 4 And what is the happiness of heaven but to see God? What greater joy could come to the sinner, saved by the grace of Christ, than to look upon the face of God and know him as Father? The scriptures clearly indicate the relation between God and Christ, and they bring to view as clearly the personality and individuality of each. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty of high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name 
than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten you, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son? Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 5. The personality of the father and the son, also the unity that exists between them, are presented in the 17th chapter of John, in the prayer of Christ for his disciples. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me, through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. John 17, verses 20 to 21. The unity that exists between Christ and his disciples does not destroy the personality of either. They are one in purpose, in mind, in character, but not in person. It is thus that God and Christ are one. Subheading Character of God revealed in Christ Taking humanity upon him, Christ came to be one with humanity and at the same time to reveal our Heavenly Father to sinful human beings. He who had been in the presence of the Father from the beginning, he who was the express image of the invisible God, was alone able to reveal the character of the deity to mankind. He was in all things made like unto his brethren. He became flesh, even as we are. He was hungry and thirsty and weary. He was sustained by food and refreshed by sleep. He shared the lot of men, yet he was the blameless Son of God. He was a stranger and sojourner on the earth. In the world, but not of the world. Tempted and tried as men and women today are tempted and tried, yet living a life free from sin. Tender, compassionate, sympathetic, ever considerate of others, he represented the character of God and was constantly engaged in service for God and man. Isaiah 61 verses 1 and Luke 4 verse 18 and Isaiah 61 2 say, Jehovah hath anointed me, he said, to preach good tidings to the poor. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of Jehovah's favour, to comfort all that mourn. Love your enemies, he bids us. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that they may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. He maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust. 
So be you therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Matthew 5 verse 44 and 45 Luke 6 verse 35 Matthew 5 verse 45 Luke 6 verse 36 Through the tender mercy of our God, the dayspring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sits in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Luke 1, verses 78 and 79. Subheading, The Glory of the Cross. The revelation of God's love to man centres in the cross. Its full significance, tongue cannot utter, pen cannot portray, the mind of man cannot comprehend. Looking unto the cross of Calvary, we can only say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3 verse 16 Christ crucified for our sins Christ risen from the dead Christ ascended on high is the science of salvation that we are to learn and to teach Who existing in the form of God counted not the being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. Yes, the death of the cross. Philippians 2, verses 6 to 8. It is Christ that died, yes, rather, that is risen again who now is even at the right hand of God. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Romans 8.34, Hebrews 7.25 We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one that hath been in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin Hebrews 4 verse 15 it is through the gift of Christ that we receive every blessing through that gift there comes to us day by day the unfailing flow of Jehovah's goodness every flower with its delicate tints and its fragrance is given for our enjoyment through that one gift. The sun and the moon were made by him. There is not a star which beautifies the heavens that he did not make. Every drop of rain that falls, every ray of light shed upon our unthankful world testifies to the love of God in Christ. Everything is supplied to us through the one unspeakable gift, God's only begotten Son. He was nailed to the cross that all these bounties might flow to God's workmanship. 
Subheading The Knowledge That Works Transformation The knowledge of God as revealed in Christ is the knowledge that all who are saved must have. It is the knowledge that works transformation of character. This knowledge received will recreate the soul in the image of God. It will impart to the whole being a spiritual power that is divine. We all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 Of his own life the Saviour said, I have kept my Father's commandments. John 15 verse 10 The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. John 8 29 As Jesus was in human nature, so God means his followers to be. In his strength we are to live the life of purity and nobility, which the Saviour lived. For this cause, Paul says, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth all understanding, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 19. We do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being faithful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Colossians 1 verses 9 to 11. This is the knowledge which God is inviting us to receive, and beside which all else is vanity and nothingness.